Now, as you know, another tradition, another Bethel tradition, or at least my tradition, is that we always start with a, uh, we'll start with a, a picture. And tonight you've got two pictures. Um, now, the one on the left was the one I showed you last time I preached in James. Um, I don't know if anybody, it's like last night again, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if anybody can remember um, what that picture is, or whether you know it anyway. Um, yes? Turner's fighting Temeraire. And can you remember why I used it last time? Because I thought it was a, a useful way into what I was talking about last time. Yeah, that's an unfair question, isn't it? <laughs> we were, yeah. we took, yeah. Because uh, last time I, I uh, spoke uh, from James, I was talking about the tongue. And, of course, one of the metaphors that uh, James uses is, is, the, is the rudder. And what you've got there is it, not in, in, in actual fact a rudder so much as another ship, but another ship, a small little ship, is, uh, is, is directing the big ship. And that, of course, is Turner's point, that the, the, the Temeraire is now, you know, this great ship of the line is now just being uh, pulled and pushed by a little tug. Um, it's the end of, of, of the glory days of the Temeraire. Um, you know, how the mighty are fallen, I think, is his point, really. Um, talking about somebody else who thought they were they were mighty, um, do we recognise this gentleman on the right? We certainly do. Uh, and the picture is by Holbein. So that's uh, so that's uh, Henry VIII by by Holbein. Um, that is that is one self-satisfied man, isn't it? That is one arrogant man in actual fact. I mean, he was everything you read about him. He was incredibly arrogant, which I think is a, uh, a way into, oops, not quite sure what's happened there, um, not quite sure what, um, can you just read there, obviously James uh, 4, 11, 17 is supposed to be higher up, um, but I've entitled the, the talk tonight, Arrogant Christians, I, I could have entitled it Humble Christians, um, I could have, uh, you know, looked at the, the positive side of it, but actually, um, James is pretty straight. James is pretty straight in, in talking um, uh, to uh, the, uh, the Christians that he's writing to. And, uh, and for me, in these verses uh, 11 through to 17, what he's actually talking about um, largely is arrogance and how Christians, Christians, people who are following uh, Jesus, are in actual fact falling into arrogance, different kinds of arrogance. Um, that he that he talks to us about, um, and it made me think again um, of uh, of Jesus' uh, story about arrogance, and it was it was picked up a little bit in one of the songs that we've just sung. Um, the great the great story, the great parable, I think that, that Jesus tells about the farmer who is uh, who looks at his crops and says. Oh my word! Aren't I doing well? I'm I'm going to be a, a, a really a really well off man. So what does he do? He tears down his little barn and he builds a bigger barn, and he puts all these uh, these crops in his in his bigger barn, and so it goes. On. And then he you know a bigger barn again, perhaps you know, and so it goes on. And so he says to himself, "I've done so well. Um, I will say to myself, soul." You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? 
Um, Henry VIII, if you remember, uh, plundered the monasteries. Did, couldn't get his own way, could he? Couldn't get the divorce that he wanted. And, uh, and he, threw his, um, he threw his dummy out the pram. But when you're the king, um, in, at those times, throwing the dummy out of the pram has huge ramifications. And he, uh, he stripped the monasteries of all their wealth and gave it to himself and to his friends. And no doubt he said to himself, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Uh, and what James is actually saying, and in a way it's quite shocking, is he's saying that we're arrogant in that way, in the same way. And we will say, well, hang on, you know, we're not, we're not like Henry VIII. Henry VIII was a bad man. You know, we know he was a bad man. We're not like that. Actually, James says we are. James says we're arrogant in the same kind of way as the farmer in the parable, in the same kind of way as, as Henry VIII. And, and we're going to look at that um, this evening and, and find out in what ways James says uh, that we're arrogant in the same way. Uh, perhaps it's, in a way, it's just human nature. Um, I, I had a, a couple of good quotations, uh, not, from, not from Christians, but I thought, you know, they were seeing the same thing um, as, as James saw. And what James is, in fact, saying is it doesn't change when you become a Christian. Um, that, that human nature is still there. That original sin is still there. Um, and we have, to, um, we have to fight it with God's help. Uh, but two nice quotations, really. Um, Oscar Wilde's always good for a quotation, isn't he? So um, Oscar Wilde said, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. <laughs> which I rather liked. Um, and uh, in Oliver Twist, um, Charles Dickens puts into the mouth of Fagin this particular uh, quotation. Uh, some conjurers say that number three is the magic number, and some say number seven. It's neither, my friend, neither. It's number one. And he goes on to talk about how you have to put yourself first. Um, he's educating Oliver. Uh, it's uh, it's human nature. It's original sin. Um, we uh, we we get the wrong pecking order, don't we? We put ourselves too high, and we put God too low, and that's what um, James is uh, talking about. So let's have a look at that in a little bit more uh, detail. Um, I just wanted to. Uh, this is this is a very brief slide, but this is from last time. Um, and I just thought we'd uh, very quickly remind ourselves. Uh, James's writing is very influenced by um, Jewish scriptures, should be, um, in particular Proverbs. Um, also by, you know, good ideas and good writings around him. He, he nicks what is good from the world around him. Uh, but he was also, and again, um, if we believe, and I think we do, that he was Jesus' brother, he was particularly influenced uh, by Jesus' teachings. And we'll see, we won't particularly see this one so much tonight, but we will see the influence of Jewish scripture, uh, Proverbs, and we'll see the influence of Jesus' life and teaching in, in what James uh, has to say to us. Yeah, something weird has happened to these slides, but never mind. That's because they've been stewing for a few weeks, I expect. <laughs> Um, so apologies if it's a bit small. Um, there are uh, there are some recurring themes in in James, and I just thought it'd be worth um, reminding ourselves. 
this passage that we're looking at this evening doesn't sort of suddenly come out of nowhere. Um, it's picking up themes that have been there in the book already. In particular, uh, the themes of the right attitude and the right speech. So in 119, uh, James says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, the right way of speaking, the right way um, of behaving, the right attitude. Um, in particular, in chapter 4, he goes on about uh, the need for humility. Um, so you've got three different verses there where he talks about humility. Um, and, and obviously, he's going to pick that up again in the, the section that we're, we're looking at here. Um, and also, uh, he's talked, and James is famous for this, of course, he's talked a lot about the right words, saying the right things in the right way. Um, and, and we've got two, uh, two examples uh, there. So the particular um, <clears throat> passage uh, that we're looking at tonight is uh, 4.11 to, to 17. And, uh, and I've, uh, when I looked at this, I was struck by the fact that what James is doing is looking at different kinds of arrogance. Um, so first of all, um, arrogance towards other people. And, uh, and the way that we speak, in particular the way that we speak uh, to other people. He talks about the way that we speak to our brothers within church. And I've called that denigration um, because it's all about the, the really nasty way, the unpleasant way that sometimes we can speak about other people. We can slip into uh, that way of speaking about other people. So denigration is, a, is an issue of both speech and attitude. And particularly, James is talking about the way we speak to other people in the church. But, I mean, we can, we can extend that out and, and just say, how do we speak to people generally, I think. So that's the first, um, that's the first uh, type of arrogance that he, talk, that he talks about. Arrogance towards others. And I, I think we could call it denigration. And then he goes on and he, he talks about not just being arrogant towards other people, but being arrogant towards God. Um, and, and for me, as I read it, it, it just made me think about the first rebellion, the first arrogance towards God in, uh, in the Garden of Eden. That's what it made me think of. And it, it, it made me think about rebellion. So the example that Paul gives, uh, the example that James gives is, is of people going about their, their daily business um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and just not not really thinking about God. And he goes on, um, and he talks about people who um, who are... Um, so arrogant, sorry, the arrogance towards God's law, and then arrogance towards God himself, which is the, the, um, uh, the way that that comes through. And I've talked about that as functional atheism. Um, and we're going to, we're going to look at, at, at those at three in more detail. So, arrogance towards each other, denigration, arrogance towards God's law, rebellion, arrogance, arrogance towards God himself, which I call functional atheism. And then uh, there's a little bit at the end, which is sort of almost a summary, uh, arrogant towards our own conscience. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, each one. So, first of all, um, James talks about this arrogance uh, towards each other. A lack of humility, a feeling of superiority. This is not necessarily slander. He's not talking about um, saying things about people that are wrong. What he's talking about is 
saying things in the wrong way. So we can disagree with people. You know, within a within a church, we will have disagreements. Um, within uh, within a family, we will have disagreements. But how do we disagree? If we if we put people down because of their tastes or their um, their opinions or maybe their perceived failings in our eyes, if we put them down, if we treat them as uh, less important than us, if we treat them disrespectfully, then we are denigrating them. We are arrogant towards other people. And that, I think, is what um, James is talking about in this particular case. Um, let's, let's just read it again. He says... The one who speaks, sorry, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So what he's talking about is putting ourselves in a superior position when we're looking at other people in the church. So it's, it's fine. There will be occasions when you have to disagree. It might even be we have to disagree about the colour of the walls in the new church. We'll resolve that. And we'll resolve it because we will respect each other and we will work it out and we will talk it through and we will find a solution. But if we slip into thinking that our opinion is more important because we are more important, or if we look at other people's tastes in wallpaper and think, well, quite frankly, you can see where I'm going. That's when it is wrong. That is when we are standing in judgment on our brothers. And that is what James says is arrogance and cannot be. So let's be very careful as we move forward as a church. And it's exciting times, we hope. As we move forward as a church and we do maybe have some uh, discussions and maybe we have some disagreements, let's make sure that we are not arrogant uh, towards each other. Let's make sure that we do not denigrate uh, each other. Um, and here is Jesus speaking to us through James. Judge not that you be not judged. It's about our attitude. And our attitude should not be uh, of the arrogant judge. Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all equally sinners. We're all equally loved and valued by God. Let's remember that. Let's make sure that we remember we're all on a level. We're all on a level below God. Uh, just to finish on this point with a with a with an anecdote, if you like, of, of how things can get seriously wrong. Um, church that Sarah and I used to go to many years ago, um, they had pews. Um, it was a fairly new church, but for some unknown reason, they decided to have lovely new pews. Um, and it did cramp what what one could do. Um, the minister decided uh, one day. Um, that for a particular service he would uh, take the pews and he would uh, actually change how they were so rather than having them all facing the front he would have some facing the front but some facing in so in effect we were in a kind of it wasn't a circle, it's all rectangle but it sort of emphasised the community of the church <coughs> there were several people in the church who uh, told him that that was an appalling thing to do, that it was uh, it was you know completely wrong. That uh, that who was he? He'd only been in the church two or, uh, pastor only two or three years. Who was he 
to think that he knew what you should they knew what was right for the church they were the custodians of you know the church's traditions they were arrogant and actually it nearly broke that church and tell you what it did do it, it nearly broke that minister as well and uh, and he didn't stay in that church very long and i think um, you can see why it was uh, it was dreadful it was absolutely dreadful the way those people spoke to him and and, and acted towards him and you know what were the rights and the wrongs of it well i think you know have the chairs facing whatever direction you like to be quite frank but you know even if you know that's not your view you got you work it through you work it through it, it, i mean it was it was just it was ridiculous but it was also deeply damaging and deeply harmful but they thought they were in the right and why did they think they were in the right because somehow they got it into their minds that <laughs> their views were the right views because they were the right people they'd been there longer than anybody else and therefore they knew um, let's let's go nowhere near that and let's be really really careful I mean we might be sitting here going well we wouldn't do that at Bethel but let's be really really careful it starts small and it grows James is saying it cannot happen that kind of arrogance must never never ever come uh, into a church but it's true for all of our life isn't it that, that we shouldn't uh, behave like that but then there's a second kind of arrogance uh, that um, James talks about and that incredibly this is this is this arrogance towards God's law um, because he says uh, the the end of verse 11 and, and, and following if you judge the law you are not a doer of the law but a judge there is only one lawgiver and judge he who is able to save and to destroy but who are you to judge your neighbor so he's saying if if you start to take that attitude towards other people it will become it will become an arrogance towards god's law because it's clear that you should not be behaving like that it's going against god's law and if you start to behave like that in effect what you're beginning to do is saying well actually um, i'm going to ignore that bit of god's law i don't like that bit of god's law um and and we we begin to think we know best god knows what's best god knows what's best he knows what's best because he's god and who are we who are we to begin to say well actually you know we don't like that bit um it's so tempting i think and um, perhaps not in this particular instance that uh, james is talking about but i think generally it's so tempting to think that um God's law might be slightly unreasonable on that particular point. You know, you know, uh, could we possibly, you know, uh, get away with not actually applying that little bit of God's law? Could we, uh, could we reinterpret this bit? Could we reinterpret it to suit what we want? And it's a very slippery slope. Um, and it's arrogance. It's, it's, we, it's, we are starting to say we know best. In Micah uh, 6 verse 8, which is one of my favorite <coughs> verses, as some of you know, uh, it says, He has told you, God has told you, O man, what is good. It goes on to summarize uh, the law as do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. But the point here that I want to make is that he has told us, God has told us what is good. And we need, we need to understand that it is God who has told us and we can't we can't just pick and choose 
the bits uh, that we like. I mean, James is talking to Christians here, and he's saying, you know, if you start to behave in the wrong way, you are just saying, well, actually, you know, God's law does not does not count, and we we know best. I think it made me think about what's you know what is distinctive about evangelicals, and and I and I, I came up with this really. I mean, I know we can do we can say this in a number of ways. We see the Bible as evangelicals not just as a source of evidence about God, but we actually see it as God's words. You can go to lots of other churches, um, and and they you know they use the Bible, but they see the Bible as evidence about God. They don't actually see it as God's words in the sense that we understand it. We have that understanding that those words are there. They were placed there through inspiration. Through people writing, yes, but they were placed there by God for, um, well, for uh, teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. They're there for a reason, and we've got to take them seriously. And what James is saying here is you are being arrogant towards God's law. Again, it cannot happen. I remember years ago walking in Scotland. I was on a walking holiday with a friend of mine. And we were staying in a, in a youth hostel and it was a really, really horrible day. In fact, it had been a really horrible day for several days, and, uh, and, uh, as it can be in Scotland. And, and we were getting, we getting stir-crazy. We'd just not been out, really, of, of the youth hostel. We'd been to the odd cafe, I think. Um, and, uh, and, and these other people were saying, not a good day. These other people in the hostel were saying to us, not a good day to go walking um, up high today. And we said, no, we're just fed up. We're going to go up high because we just, you know. So we knew best. Um, not that either of us were particularly experienced hillwalkers, but we, we knew best. Uh, we went up. It was absolutely lashing it. After about half an hour, even though I was wearing good clothes, that I was wet to the skin. Couldn't see. It was really misty. Um, and we said, we've got to go back down, you know. So we started trying to make our way back down, but couldn't find the path we'd come up. Um, and so we were picking our way down through the heather. And eventually... Um, we came to a, a place, I was in the lead, and I said, uh, this looks a really tricky place, I said to my friend, I can't actually see the next step down. I said, I'm going to sit on the step and feel for the next step down. I couldn't feel anything, so I was sitting on it and I was <laughs> trying to, couldn't feel anything. <laughs> so I said, I don't think we'd better go that way. So we retraced our steps, and just as we did, the mist cleared. And it was about a 200-foot drop. But we knew best, you see. We knew best. What James is saying is it's so easy. You know, you, you get into a dispute with somebody, you start behaving in the wrong way, um, and actually you end, up, you end up saying, I know better than God's word. I, I know better than God's word. And it's all about the arrogant attitude that we've got. So we become arrogant towards God's word, but then we can slide in to being arrogant towards God himself. And this is what I've called functional atheism. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And yet, listen to these people. And I'm sure James is talking about real people in this real church. Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town. You can imagine them uh, after the morning service, can't you, talking about this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, wherever next week, um, and I'm going to, uh, you know, it says spend a year there. 
might not be a year, you know, might be, um, it's a business trip, I'm off, you know, but, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to trade and I'm going to make a profit. And, and, and that's the kind of chat they're having after the coffee, at the, you know, morning service. And James is saying, you're behaving as if God doesn't exist. You're functional atheist. <coughs> My challenge, I suppose, to me as I was reading this was, <coughs> what was I doing on Thursday or Friday? Would it have made any difference if I was an atheist? You know, would that day, that would my day on Thursday or Friday, could that have been exactly the same if I was an atheist? And you know, there are some days, apart from my quiet time in the morning, which can be quite brief sometimes, I confess, there are days probably when actually it wouldn't look any different. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not <coughs> saying um, that it has to be different every day. But if it isn't different, why not? And if it isn't different, should it be different? And and I just think it's a I think it just think it's a challenge. You know, how are we living our lives? Are we living our lives um, knowing uh, knowing God in our daily life or are we just going about our daily business as if God doesn't exist? And are we setting targets and aims for our life that that are the wrong ones? The ones that we might have set if we hadn't been a Christian. Um, it's, I mean, I think it's a big, it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge for us. Um, and, and James, you know, is really clear that it's, a, it's arrogance. Um, it's like it's back to the farmer again who, you know, who sees his crops, um, thinks, wow, aren't I doing well? My barn's not big enough. But all he's thinking about is this life, his targets, his personal satisfaction, his ambitions. What are we thinking about? And how is our life different because we're Christians? Are we living our lives uh, with regard to God? Or are we living our lives just as anybody might live their lives? I think it's a huge challenge. And finally, and finally, um, we have this last... uh, Arrogance, arrogance towards our own conscience, I've put it. But uh, James says at the end, um, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Um, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to people who know the Bible. He write, he's writing to people who know uh, Jesus' um, teachings. He's writing to people who, you know, who've been told what the right thing is and know what the right thing is, and yet they don't do it. They, they absolutely know that they shouldn't speak disrespectfully, arrogantly uh, to other people. I'm sure they knew it. We know it. I'm sure they knew that God's law was important. We know it. I'm sure they knew that actually um, they should pay more regard to God in their daily lives. You know, I'm sure they listened to a sermon and they went, yeah, yeah, that's right. But then after over coffee, they started talking about the profit they were going to make. We know it. We don't do it. So the, the, the challenge that James gave the church was about right attitudes. It was about how easy it is to become arrogant Christians. And it is very easy for us to become arrogant Christians as well.
and that's the challenge for us this evening. So let's not be arrogant towards each other, ever. Let's not be arrogant towards God, ever. Let's not be arrogant towards God's law. And when, when we hear what we should do, and when we remember what we should do, when our conscience speaks to us, let's do something about it. Shall we pray? Dear God, thank you uh, for each other. Help us to be respectful and loving always towards each other, even when we disagree. But thank you even more uh, for the fact that we serve a great and mighty God. A God who does know what is best and has told us what is best. Help us to take the Bible really seriously. Help us to know it and apply it. Help us not to dismiss any of it or to reinterpret any of it to suit our own ends. And help us to live every day uh, knowing and remembering that we are uh, living our lives having been redeemed by you, having been redeemed by Jesus, and that we should live uh, as, as to... As a way of saying thank you um, and in acknowledgement of what you have first done for us. Amen. Amen.